there's a lot about parenting that we took from you, but there's also just a lot about like having discussions as a parent. And so I think we're we're different in many ways because we're with different partners who are different people. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to use the word overwhelming a lot in this conversation. It can be absolutely overwhelming how much just content you have to discuss with your partner to to do it effectively. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your kids is a conversation on connected parenting. Bonnie Harris talks to parents about their problems and struggles. Listen in. These conversations can be your support system in your day-to-day parenting journey. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids, to our most special episode of all today, right, Adam? Triple digits. We did it. 100. This is our 100th episode. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I can't imagine thinking about the 100th episode when we did the very first one. I never thought we would get this far. (laughs) Never thought we would get this. Yeah. It's hard to put out a podcast every single week. It really is. It's a it's a lot. It's a and lot. Remember of in the beginning we were trying to do part one, part yeah. two, part three yes. with one particular parent. So one we long didn't session. need so many. Yeah. We would just stretch it out as much as possible. That was a that was a whole plan that definitely got ditched right away. <laughs> right away. But you know, yeah. I think if I had known from the beginning we would have to do a new podcast every single week. I would have said no way. It wouldn't have happened. You had to be fooled into it. I did. I did. Who fooled you? Did I fool you? You did. I did not. I don't know if I fooled you. <laughs> you told me it'll be great, Bonnie. And I wasn't wrong. Yeah. This has been the greatest thing you've ever done. Just Whoa. All right. Speaking of the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever done. That was the joke that it went to the, <laughs> the guest lead today. In. We have very, very special guests today, (laughs) my two children. Oh, that's amazing to hear you talk to them. Uh, What what are their ages exactly? So Casey is 43. No, he just turned 44. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. And he has three children. Mm -hmm. And Molly is 39, and she just had her first four months ago. Yes, as anybody who's been listening to this podcast knows. Yes, right. There's been updates. Updates as we go along. And uh, it was your idea, Adam. Mm. Let's have your kids on for the 100th. I did say that. And I thought, great idea. Wow, could we do it? Mm. And actually, as it turned out, both of them were going to be here today. But as you'll hear in the podcast, my son couldn't come because his daughter came, tested positive for COVID this morning. Yep. They were going to be here. So, but my daughter's here, my grandson is here, and it's great. And they, and we finally got it together. Yeah. They're, I mean, I suggested that because they're basically these, for anybody who listens to this podcast, how regularly. many times do you say that? For anybody who listens to this I podcast, say it a lot. You do and I'm the one who edits and I leave it because <laughs> I like it. They're like these mythic figures, these, your, your kids mm. who just sort of, they come up. 
I had this problem. You know, it was what I said to my daughter or my son it was like the sort of original integrity and harmony children. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, you know, reflecting on, you know, 40 years basically of being of being kids in your in your life, what that's like that they have their own children now and it's, how they grew up and it was really nice. Yeah. This this feels like a very it's a very family friendly show in that, you know, trusting and loving your family and what it really means to be connected to somebody and yeah. to have like a lifelong relationship with them. Yeah. You know? That's what it's all about. It is it? what it's all about. But it's nice just to have you know, listeners who most of the time are kids that are younger and sort of see it mm-hmm. on the other side. That's one of the reasons know? I wanted to do this, to just say, this is this is what you got coming up. You know, this is, it keeps going. It keeps going forever, for better or for worse. If you're lucky enough to have it go forever, then yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. I, I enjoyed sitting here listening, and it was very hard for me to not ask questions. It was very nice hearing them talk to each other. Yeah, too. that's yeah. what I was just going to say, was that must I mean, have been I, nice for you. I hear them talk to each other all the time, but in a in the context of this, it yeah. was really special. Yeah, I liked yeah. I liked what they were saying to each other, and, yeah. and they clearly do feed off each other, you know, yeah. and, and seeing... Um, especially the how most of these episodes that you do somehow come back to sibling rivalry. It's very it's very mm-hmm. rare to have mm-hmm. an only child on mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. um, or or to be the subject of the show, and to sort of have two siblings who have come out of it with such a deep love for each other. Yeah, is really wonderful. I'm so. I do I say proud of that? I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, not, not like, well, I did have something to do with it, but it's it feels a little awkward to say I'm proud of that, but I am. I would be. And, you know, the title of my second book is Confident Parents, Remarkable Kids, Raising Kids You'll Love to Live With. Mm-hmm. And I can truly, truly say that I love to live with them, and I wish we all lived together. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe Maybe that wouldn't be a good idea, especially for them. But I love living with them. It's a nice thought. Yeah. And don't forget, if you're you're just joining the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Um, And, you know, we have so many episodes, um, back episodes that you can go listen to and probably find – your specific issue. If you right. if you found if you found this podcast through searching like a you know a, a specific thing you're dealing with, there's going to be a lot more things that you're dealing with, and we probably have an episode about that thing. So right. go back and look, and, and please give us a star rating and and write a little review or a comment for us. You know, we really love to hear that. Well, thank you everyone for 100 episodes of supporting and sharing and listening yes. and subscribing and just giving us your time yeah. it means the world it does thank you to all the guests thank you to all our guests mm-hmm. oh my gosh yes so many people willing to share it. their stories you've made it yep and to all the guests coming up yes that's right for another five years <laughs> <laughs> bonnie just passed out <laughs> all right well here we go
The goal of a connected approach to parenting is to maintain loving and mutually respectful relationships with your children throughout life, to love living with them while they're with you, and to cherish spending time with them as they journey forward into their own lives and families. The work put in on yourselves as human beings is the most important investment you can make in raising loving, respectful, and responsible human beings for our future. Welcome, everybody, to the 100th episode of Tell Me About Your Kids. Woohoo! And special, special, special event today. You're going to hear from my children. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mal. Hi, Mom. Hi, Casey. How are you? I'm good. This is, this is such a special moment for me, having you guys here. Now, the sad part of this is Molly is physically here with me. Casey was supposed to be physically here with me with two of his three children. But this morning, his daughter came down with COVID. Yeah, we were doing a test just before we left to make sure we were all good, and we weren't. After the car was packed. Right. So we're doing it remotely. I wanted to talk with you guys today on this formal platform in front of thousands. I parented you, obviously. I brought you both up, and now you are both parents at different stages of parenting. Casey's children are... Sam is turning 11 in a few days, Mm -hmm. and twins... Who are, yeah, who are turning um, nine in August. How did this happen? Okay. And Molly. Obviously, the more senior parent here, very experienced. (laughs) I have one four-month-old baby. Yes. Molly is a brand new mom. So, being in different points of your parenting careers... Who's more exhausted on a scale of one to 10? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. I, I think, Molly, I'm going to say you're probably more physically exhausted. Yeah. I mean, we, we're, we've been doing great. There has been a little bit of a – the last couple of days have been challenging. So, yes, I will say probably in this moment I am the more physically exhausted one. Um, but – we, Kathleen, my wife Kathleen and I have um, obviously a lot going on in our lives just because of how close in age all three of our children were. We, you know, when we had mm-hmm. Sam, um, we sort of, you know, wanted that that dynamic between our siblings of having, uh, between the siblings of having them close in age. Um, and we didn't necessarily plan for them to be as close as they are. And then the second one was twins. So uh, (laughs) when, when the twins were born, we technically had three kids under two in our house and it's been, um, it's been a nonstop thrill ride ever since. (laughs) Roller coaster ever since. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of peaks and valleys, but it's all wonderful. I know that 
Molly is madly, deeply in love with her little four-month-old boy, and so am I. As are we oh all, God. yes. As yeah, are we he's all. He's pretty great. He is so sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm relatively mentally exhausted, too. I don't, not at all in the way that Casey is, but just that kind of, like, I feel like a piece of my brain is always with Baxter, and in any given situation, I'm only like maximum 75% present. Yeah. I just there's this little bit of me that's always with him and and I just feel like a little bit more of a space cadet than I've been in the past. I would certainly say young new motherhood would be space cadet time. Yeah, and that probably is throughout all of parenthood, I would imagine. I guess I will find this out as things continue. <laughs> as things go on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really paying attention to this right now. so i trust but i don't know whether you guys are gonna maybe throw me under the bus when i talk about how you were parented but what i'd love to move this into is how how the way you were raised has moved into the way you raise your children, what you do similarly, what you do differently, how you feel about it all. Well, I think being the parent of a four-month-old, I wouldn't necessarily think I have a lot to say in this moment, but I think that we were always parented like we were humans, you know, like like I felt like the relationship we had with you was was always like you're a human and we were humans and we we like looked at each other and talked to each other as if we that was what we were. And and I'm surprised actually how much there is already with Baxter that we have these moments where where I can kind of be like, oh, hello, little human. What do you need right now? Or, or just kind of like look at him and think of him as a person and not just a, a, a bag of needs that, that need to be tended to, that there we can have these, these very connected moments. And I think that, um, I think that's, that's something that's, that, that came from you guys. Mm. Um. I, I like to think I, I would have gone through life thinking of other people as people otherwise, but <laughs> I guess your kids are sort of a special case. It's sometimes sort of hard to look at something that, that came out of your body and <laughs> be like, you're a little person. Yes. You're your own little person. This is sort of the dynamic that I felt a little bit awkward about this podcast going into is that I I feel like it would just sort of come across as a little bit weird for lack of a better word to just for me to say what a wonderful mom you were and how what a wonderful childhood I had because I think your listeners could kind of roll their eyes at that a little bit but um yeah and this is and this is what I felt a little uncomfortable about too so yeah um but you did get your script earlier by email right Casey yeah right right but but thankfully that that dynamic is not a concern at all because you were terrible what um <laughs> um i yeah i think i look i i i think i am influenced equally by you and your husband my father baxter <laughs> um Big just Baxter. not to confuse everybody my husband's name is baxter 
And our newest little four-month-old grandson is also Baxter. Yes, um, and we can call him Little B. Um, Little B. Uh, but I, you know, it's hard to sum up um, the perspectives on parenting that you have given me, Mom. But uh, I would say what it kind of boils down to in its essence is um, a focus on communication with your child and mm. understanding that a child's behavior is kind of their language, right? That they are, that their behavior happens when they, you know, they may not have the right words to express the way they feel, but what you can read is their behavior. And uh, even though it is challenging at times, you try to see that behavior and think about what they must be feeling and try to find a way to make a connection with them. And that's sort of like my centering kind of philosophy behind all of it. And then I think from pop, I, you know, I would say equally important is, uh, is, is humor and fun and not taking yourself seriously. Um, and I really, I, I really can't say enough about how he influenced me as a, as a father, um, in that, in that regard. Oh, that's wonderful. I see a lot of him and you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel it. I, I, I feel. I, I, I feel myself doing things, and I feel like him. Definitely. I also um, think at times that when we are in those, you know, in the trenches of parenting, and we've got th- three kids that are just all at once, just. Um, you know, it almost is overwhelmingly like dizzying at times. I sometimes think like, well, they didn't really go through this. <laughs> exactly. You know, cause Molly and I, you know, Molly and I are four years apart and we're, you know, different sexes and, and, um, didn't necessarily present the same set of challenges. Although I'm sure you guys were overwhelmed at times as well. You didn't present the same set of challenges that you have by any means. no. And you were, because most of my listeners know this language now, you were my harmony child and Molly was my integrity child. And you were in different places in your lives, always being four and a half years apart. And um, you were mostly really loving to your little sister. And it was pretty, pretty amazing. And she looked up to you, and I think she also was really frustrated and had a hard time with the fact that your life seemed pretty golden and pretty easy. And we talked about that, and that was important to to bring up and talk about. Yep, all true. I'll sign off on that one for the record. (laughs) My favorite, one of my favorite images of the two of you, Casey, for the listening audience, is a hair shy of 6'5". So he was always a tall string bean. And whenever Molly got frustrated with you, really angry at you, she'd go to punch you, and all you did was put your hand on her forehead (laughs) <laughs> she's just punching the air yeah. and it was very hard not to laugh at it. And let me <laughs> formally apologize, Molly, right now. <laughs> yep. Everything I need to know as an older brother, I learned from the three stooges. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Fair enough. 
yeah, you were a pretty great older brother. In the as we're uh, all passing around the compliments here to begin with, um, you were a pretty great older brother. Case. Well, thanks, Mal. You were a good sister. You still are. <laughs> Aww, we're <laughs> perfect. Casey was reminding me. I wanted also to say that I think I've gotten a lot from you as a couple. You and Pop, you were like. I think you were very much on the – obviously, you had arguments and dif- disagreements. I think you were very much on the same page in a in a very basic way. I say basic as in just like the basis of your your parenting styles. I think you were very much in this, on the same page in that way. And, um, and that's been really important to me, I think, with how the kinds of conversations I'm having with my husband now about – things and i'm i've been consistently shocked at how much stuff has already come up that we need to like discuss and be on the same page about it's it was just like from the get go i mean i i thought it was going to be i i i'd like to think i didn't have so many misconceptions about parenthood but i was really surprised at how from day 1 there was stuff to be discussed it wasn't just about getting like dealing with food and sleep and diapers it was there was other stuff from the very beginning of of stuff we had to make decisions about yeah. and and that's just like a huge like my husband and i know that that casey's wife we're they're they're huge parts of the parents that we are and and how we go through the days and i think you know there's a lot about parenting that we took from you but there's also just a lot about like having discussions as a parent and so i think we're we're different in many ways because we're with different partners who are different people you know what i mean yes i I'm, I'm, i think i'm going to use the word overwhelming a lot in this conversation it can be absolutely overwhelming how much just content you have to discuss with your partner to to do it effectively and so exactly you know we both molly and i are both very lucky to have like really close friendships above anything with our partner um uh, and if you don't have that as a basis in a marriage it's it just i can't imagine doing it right and both of you have partners who are equal partners in the parenting. I mean, you're, Casey, you are, I guess, because of the way we think of mothers and fathers, mothers are always in there, totally in the trenches. And you are equally in the trenches with Kathleen. And Molly, what I what I see with you and your husband is that you're you are you're talking about every little thing as it comes up and you're both equally invested and so many parents don't have that yeah absolutely parents. but i will say that i think this is true for a lot of couples but specifically with the dynamic between Kathleen and i and what our jobs are and just how the rhythm of our day is she does tend to take on um a lot more of the mental load, you know, um, from our kids, which is something that I am always aware of. And I want to help as much as I can. It's some sort of spirit day at school and Charlotte needs to wear a green shirt on Wednesday, 
you know, that's not necessarily in my brain because I'm out of the house before the right. kids wake up. So um, that's a lot of that's a lot of work and responsibility, actually. So I, mm-hmm. I I appreciate you saying that, and I do really try to. But it's 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 easier said than done to truly be equal um, in the trenches together because often one parent I think is taking on a burden that is sometimes unseen. Um, but you know, the other thing I wanted to say before too, um, uh, is you mom and, uh, pop were in, went, were in therapy, you know, you went to therapy Mm. and you were open with us about, um, different kinds of therapy that you did. And so Molly and I, I think grew up, like with this understanding that the two of you loved each other and that our family was intact and safe, but at the same time that it took work from the two of Mm -hmm. you to maintain that. And I think that was a really, that was a really important life lesson, I think for us. Yeah. And you Hmm. also, you argued in front of us a lot, which I thought was, which I tell parents not to do. (laughs) 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 Okay. Yeah. Sorry for blowing your cover, mom. I remember, you know, I remember that, uh, you know, you used to just put your hand out on Pop's forehead and he would just be swinging (laughs) at air, you know? (laughs) Oh, that's where I learned that from. (laughs) I mean, maybe you didn't, you didn't argue about us. There you go. That's what I was just going to clarify. But, but I think, I think a very valuable, a, a very valuable set of memories from my childhood is watching you get into heated discussions with each other and be in disagreement and work something out. Mm, That's great. That's great because that is an important, you know, parents often ask me about, do we, you know, what do we talk about in front of the kid? We shouldn't argue in front of the kids, this, this. And I say, no, definitely don't argue about the kids in front of the kids. But yeah, it's important for them to see that you have arguments, that you're human, that you get mad at each other and you get past it. And I guess it's telling that my perception was that you were always on the same page about parenting, which you probably weren't. I mean, as as my limited experience so far has taught me, you don't it's not like you discuss a set of a few basic principles and bam, it's done. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God we talked about our approach to parenting and now we can talk about other right. things moving forward. I'm sure there are times that you disagreed or were mad at him or he was mad at you about something. And, um, but, but yeah, I, it was always my perception that you were a united front though. I knew who to go to, to get this sugary cereal for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it wasn't me. <laughs> Mom, can I can I ask you this? And I, 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 as I'm saying this, I'm realizing our so Bax, big Baxter, our Molly and I's father, um, is a excellent cook. So he always cooked the meals. So that's that's actually now making me rethink what I was just about to ask you. Um, <laughs> but um, but in terms of equal load. Uh, as, um, as partners parenting children, um, you know, I, I think you, you know, pop never, I mean, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but he didn't put us to bed. You know, you always put us to bed, get us in our pajamas, brush teeth, you know, um, you know, I, I think in terms of those like gender roles in a relationship that Mm. you did a lot more work on that front than he did. And probably that, you know, 
he probably did less than Pascal and I do in terms of those types of ch- like chore type of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did. Did you ever feel? Did you do you agree with that or or did him yeah, make, did him putting dinner on the table every night single handedly like make up for all of that because that could have been the case too. It's a it's a big component. It is a big component, and also let me say that neither of you remember that I did do almost all the cooking for your early years. But Baxter got really frustrated with me because he'd come home at like four or five o'clock and say, what's for dinner? And I'd say, oh, I don't know. I haven't even thought about it yet. Yeah. (laughs) And I just was much more haphazard about it because I didn't enjoy it. So he took over that role. And when he took over that role, it was like life changing for me. We, but we would read together as a family, right? We did yeah. family read. Yeah, he that's true. came in. He came into the reading part of it all. Yeah. Right. So uh, let's just kind of wrap this up by saying what you each hope in your parenting and for your children's futures, and what you fear. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a half an hour to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is not necessarily answering that question, but as I'm just sitting here and thinking about this conversation that we've been having, I also want to add that I mean, Casey's obviously been a parent for a lot longer than I have. And, and Case, you have also been a role model for me as a parent. I think you and mm-hmm. Kathleen both have been – there's so many things that I'm doing now that I think about the way you did because that's actually much more fresh in my mind right now because yeah. I I was very close to you. I mean, I am close to your family. I was very close to that process of you having infants, which wasn't all that long ago. And mm. and so that's, that's a, a lot of what I'm drawing on is seeing you go through the stages when your kids were the age that that my kid now is. Yeah. Yeah. And I really appreciate you saying this. And at the same time, I feel like you, even when the kids were younger and you were visiting, you would be talking to them even then in a way that was, you know, enlightened. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you, you came into the, their, your relationship with them already at an advanced state of, you know, how, like coming back to your initial point of like, Kids are just human beings. Like, you know, you either can, like, relate to human beings or you can't. Like, you you need to, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that that's, um, that's just, like, a way that my mentality was set at a very young age. I don't think that it took – it wasn't, like, I needed to grow into that as a parent. I think it was just, like, the way I – I was from the beginning just it's I, yeah it's a, it's just a mentality that um I think it's like a a switch that's either flipped on or flipped off it's you're not like somewhere in a gray zone along the line of acknowledging that the person in front of you is just another human you know they either are or they aren't that's interesting and I think all, as parents all of us can get to a point where we are so frustrated or so overwhelmed that we just can't 
operate in with that mentality that it, it, like yeah. in that those are the times that we do yell yeah. that we do lose right. it and like I, you know I'll say something and make Henry cry you know and and we do have those ugly moments I don't I do want to be clear about that but um but yeah you just really fight that battle to stay grounded in reality as absolutely much as you can and and I also um in terms of my hopes and my fears like you know, I, just to be perfectly blunt, this is not a very, um, you know, complex point. I'm afraid they're going to die. You know, I'm afraid they're going to be yeah. killed. So mm-hmm. I just uh, or that something will happen to me or Kathleen. So that's, um, you know, even in the moments that are really, really hard, I really try to just cherish my time with them, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, ditto. I've I've been... Um, pretty bowled over by how much fear has come along with with being a parent so far. Just like, yeah, just fearing for him, experiencing any pain or or feeling lonely or you know all these and and certainly you know the horror of of if if something truly tragic happened to him that's that's been in pretty stark relief very fast how much you like anytime you hear about a child suffering in the world it's just so immediately about your child i think i i hadn't mm-hmm. fully anticipated that and mm-hmm. and i i think people have been telling me that in different ways my whole life like how that kind of that fear that fear for your child that settles in and it's kind of a thing you can only really perceive in the in the living it but happy to report so far so good four (laughs) months four months and thriving yeah but i you know i just yeah you just gotta you just gotta appreciate every moment i mean there's so many times when i'm you know, got Henry on one side of me and Charlotte on the other. And I'm, you know, just pinching myself, just being like, here mm-hmm. we are, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty special. And, and on a less dramatic note, I, I feel like Sam went through a period. I mean, maybe it had to do with COVID, honestly, and being in remote school and being in quarantine. But before fifth grade, I feel like he went through, I don't know, maybe a year. I mean, maybe it exactly was COVID where he just, he seemed to kind of lose a little bit of a spark. He just seemed to be Mm -hmm. just a little more bored or lackluster or just without kind of any inspiration behind what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And and I'm happy to report that he's had a really wonderful fifth grade being back in person in school. And he's got a great friend group right now. And yeah, he was just talking about how like how he loves his friends so much and he doesn't doesn't want to like have a different group of friends. I know. Point, I know. It was just the way he said that, it was just it was so sweet. He just was so happy to be Yeah, he has in that he has the for the first time a couple friends that are girls and and he also is very excited about starting middle school next year. So he's very mm-hmm. looking forward to the future and just very happy right now. And I think um, that 
that puts into perspective how troubling and scary it can be for a parent to kind of watch your child lose a little bit of that spark and and you're worried that they're not going to have any real interest or any real hope for the future, you know? and Which, who could blame them? And I would like to add to that because it has been really helpful for me to watch his development. But when he was like seven, eight, up until nine, he had some very, very, and I hear this from so many parents, really intense emotional meltdowns yeah. over something with his brother, over something you might say, over who knows what. He would just really lose it. And I know you were a little worried. And his development between 9 and 10 was absolutely astonishing to me. Yeah. And I'm not saying he doesn't get emotionally upset about things, but yeah. And his 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 relationship with his brother, that the relationship between Sam and Henry can still be very, very, very contentious and very, very contentious, up, just yeah. upsetting as a parent, very much so. But yes, yeah. I agree. He's he's learned to kind of harness that a little bit. He has just yeah, he's become a just a charming, wonderful, delightful kid. Here, here, yeah. And let me just say for our audience that one thing, just just one out of myriad things that I am so proud of both of you about is that you both ended up as teachers. It's true. Kind of amazing. I I just love that so much, and I'm going to yeah. cry. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, for the podcast listeners, we might see a little uh, teary-eyed. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe looking a little misty on the right. little misty on the Zoom call there. Um, right. Yeah, that's I know that's kind of amazing. Molly and I are both have both wound up in very different places in a way, and a lot of similarities where we both. Mm-hmm are interested in science and music and teaching and yeah um, yeah yeah different different places of all of those things different pieces of the pie but kind of the same pie at the end of the day yeah exactly you are working on helping the next generation be better people you know and i just love that oh fingers crossed yeah Boy, we need them the best they can be. I mean, if I just to wrap up here, my only real hope for for little Baxter is just that he can somehow solve the climate crisis. I mean, I don't. Is that <laughs> well, too we're much counting on it, Molly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hope for too much, but but I, what you said, Casey, I, I'm not even there yet. You know, I'm not even thinking about who he's going to be as an adult. But yeah, I think I anything that he is or becomes or chooses, I just you want you want your kid to have that spark. That's a yeah. that's a important important thought there. And and that's what I see in the in the high, I'm a high school teacher and the high school kids that I teach, I, you know, and, and we could talk about how much of a percentage it has to do with the pandemic and how much it doesn't, but, but there's just a, um, a lot of them have this sort of glazed over look yeah. in their eye where they're, yeah. I, I don't know what 
it really is that gets them going, you know? And maybe that's just who they are in school. And, you know, there's certainly a number of them that aren't like that. But um, I, I do think that hope for the future is, you know, something that kids need to have in their in their heart. Yeah. And where does that come from? You know, that's the, that's the big question. I talk to so many parents who have teenagers who who are just really kind of checking out. And yeah, checking out is th- a good... And I think that hopelessness about the future is is really a disease we need to focus on right. with our kids. And, and I, you know, obvi- you know, we don't need to go down this whole uh, no. side conversation, but obviously social media is part of it. And, and we're, you know, we're in a position now with Sam where we're mm. trying to decide whether we're going to get him a phone or not. And I asked my... Uh, AP bio students about it. And they, their, their general consensus, I asked probably about like 20 or 30 of them overall. And their general consensus was, yeah, for the being out, you know, walking down to town and needing to call home from like the safety perspective. Yeah. We all got phones when we went to middle school. So I think it's a good time to get on the phone, but they all said, don't let him have social media. Let him one, one of my high school students said, let him have his childhood. And she just said it with this like dead look in her eye of like, I wish that I had not been on social media um, at the age I was on it. You know, like I I think we're actually coming to a place in the history of social media where uh, the kids are almost going to get on the other side of it in a way like to see that they'll they'll use it maybe in a more healthy way Mm -hmm. than they we have for the last, let's say, decade or so where it really has done so much damage to that mm-hmm. aspect of a kid's life. Um, so that's that's obviously a, a concern as well. Like, does bringing more technology into their lives, does that, you know, cause them to more quickly lose that spark, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. They're going to figure it out. I think so too. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. I love that. Oh my God, that was so touching to hear her say, let him have his childhood. I know. It it took me back a little bit. I was like, well, I could see the seriousness with which she said it. Yeah. You know, I I wanted to. That's beautiful. Yeah. Speaking of parenting, I should probably get back to my baby. (laughs) Yes. All right. Thank you, guys. I'm so happy to have you here and on the show. And I love you both. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch.